You're listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 397. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Dwayne, as we continue our discussion, the classic military science fiction series, Stargate SG-1. Dude, we got more snow again today, and I guess it doesn't mean as much, you know, no snow days, at least right now. Yeah, but here's what it means. It's because we don't get a snow day that I can't go and shovel until after my day is done. And that, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, you know? well, I'm rolling. Like sometimes if you get at it earlier, it's it's easier job. And today, like, you know, with all the, the water, rain coming down on top of the snow, it's just really heavy. Yeah, and, and I'm rolling the dice on today's snow that tomorrow my, my driveway will essentially be melted. I, I shoveled a little bit at the end of the driveway where the snow plow, you know, blocks right. it in. But, uh Eh, we'll see. Well, you also, because of where you live, you have that option. If you just don't want to do your drive, like if you, if, if I'm not going out, fuck it, you know, why, why would I, right. you don't necessarily have to do the driveway. But, you know, I live where we have sidewalks that I have to clear off for people walking down them. And that annoys me because there's a lot of people that don't do that. And that's, you know, like I, I go out to walk my dog and like, I'll get like in front of one house, it's shoveled off. And then another house, it's just a sheet of ice. Yeah. Well, what happens you know, when you go up and knock on their door and tell them to get the hell out there and clear it off? Ah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I should try that sometime, shouldn't I? Yeah, well. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so fun times. It can't be too many more snows. And, uh, you know, no, I, I obviously so. neither of us is coaching anymore because that, that target date of March 1st looms just over the horizon. And, and you know, we, we'd be like, all right, are we going to be able to get on the field? You know, well, don't have that worry anymore. Dude. Well, yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off. Are you friends with Stara on Facebook? I'm not. I should be, I guess. He's a pretty funny guy. Well, he's out in Colorado, as you probably know. His soccer association is the one where the airplane parts fell onto their field. No way. Yeah. He they just posted wow. it today. Oh, anyway, small world. Yeah, so, that's crazy. Uh, all right, uh, before we get into the discussion, if you guys want to shoot us an email, it's sci-fi-tv-rewatch at gmail.com. If you want to send us some feedback, record your clip the way Fred does and send it as an attachment. If you haven't joined the Facebook group yet, get to it. All right, what we're watching. We are now on another British crime drama. This one's called CB okay. Strike and follows a private investigator, Cormoran Strike, who's a military vet lost a leg in the Middle East, and his assistant and partner, Robin Ellicott. Based on the Strike novels written by Robert Galbraith, which is actually a pen name for J.K. Um, Rowling. Charles Dickens. J.K. Rowling. Oh. <laughs> you know, I read, I started to read the, uh, the, the first non-Harry Potter book that she wrote and i made it about a chapter in i was just like nope well was it one of these strike novels maybe I forget what the name of, you know it's a, this you know strike is his last name they're really right. good i mean the show is really good i'm not gonna read the novels i mean my gosh you know why would read? i read when i can watch come on <laughs> but they're really good um so we're nearing the end there's only like 11 episodes and and uh I threw out there the idea that there's a show called Leverage, 
and mm. uh, I haven't been able to find a good trailer. All the trailers on YouTube are like, I don't know if somebody held Wait, it. are you talking, oh, I thought you were being sarcastic. Oh, no, 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 no. I love I'll, leverage. I know you did, and, and, and I oh, liked okay. what All I right. saw of it. It, it just it, yeah. it just never kind of really popped up as a reality on our you know together watch. Uh, schedule, even, so. Is that on? Is that on YouTube? Um, YouTube uh, no, it's Netflix. On, no, it's on some you know one of these free apps like Tubi or Crackle or I, I download them all onto my Roku and, and you know I have to check them periodically. But you know, occasionally one of them will have a good show that's not available anywhere else. Well, it might be on Amazon, but uh, anyway, what are you watching? So uh, I, I want to update everyone on where I am in uh, making my way through the Star Trek universe. Uh, I just finished the Next Generation movie, so I have watched all the movies that I got for Christmas, which is all the original cast and all the Next Gen movies. And, you know, I've come to the conclusion that a, a bad Star Trek movie is still a, a very enjoyable movie. Yeah. I know what you mean. Even even if it's not necessarily as good. Yes, I'm I'm looking at you, Star Trek Five. But otherwise, like, and I know you're not a fan of the the next gen crew, but um, you know, I was, and and just to you know, just to experience time with those characters uh, again is is awesome. And you know, the third next, I think it's Insurrection, was again not a not a great movie per se but still an enjoyable time so i was really uh i was really psyched that i asked for that for for christmas two years ago and finally got it because that you know it was just a really enjoyable trip now i am going to go and watch the three jj abrams uh star trek movies which i also uh enjoy and everything but i figure you know while i'm at it might as well go through all of them but uh so that's where i am so far with those i just want to bring up because we had kind of I don't know. Well, no, I don't know if we talked about it here, but um, Elena had mentioned uh, the show Letterkenny, and I think she had texted uh, or, or Facebooked us, Facebook messaged us about that. And uh, I, I knew my sons really enjoyed that show. I hadn't seen it, but uh, you know, just a couple of nights ago, I'm like, yeah, I'll check it out. And you know, it is, uh, it's it's pretty effing funny. Yeah, you know, I think even if you're not a Canadian, you can appreciate the the humor and the kind of the conflicts between the. It's like a small town, and the the main characters are Hicks, so they're like local farmers, right? And then you got the the local hockey team, so we have like the hockey players, uh, and then the skids, who are kind of like the druggies. Uh, and then there's also the the native uh, population as well that, that there are conflicts with. Um, the only reason I'm bringing this up is there's a couple people that we are familiar with in this show. So one of the the one of the hockey players, uh, Riley, is played by Dylan Playfair. Now I don't know if you're a hockey fan, but uh, you know if you are, especially around here because we're so close to Philly, there's a lot of Philly fans around here. Uh, his uncle, Larry Playfair, was a big, one of, a pretty famous, good NHL player. I believe his dad played in the NHL, but maybe, I, I don't really know his dad. I definitely had heard of Larry Playfair before. But uh, so his son, his I'm sorry, Dylan, Larry Playfair's nephew, was on Travelers. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm looking yeah, him up he, now on Dylan uh, on uh, IMDb. Yeah, uh, yeah he played uh, Kyle. Yeah, in, in Travelers. He so. was also in The Order, so. which is a show that I really enjoyed as well about uh, witches and sort of like Harry Potter Potter for itch, uh, witches in right in college. But anyway, yeah, cool. Yeah, and then um, the uh, the the main Native American kind of leader of them played. Uh, she was in. Um, Hemlock Grove. Oh, uh, she was uh, Peter's cousin. Oh, okay. The girl. Do you remember who she was? Like, kind of like uh, I can't remember. <laughs> I think I, I think she was. You know, under obviously she knew what the deal was with with Peter and was down with a lot of the kind of some of the supernatural stuff that's going on. So anyway, um, so yeah, Leonard Kelly is great. It's on Hulu you know very short seasons uh half hour episodes and uh pretty pretty funny stuff cool all right i like the half hour episodes my attention span gets shorter and shorter all the time but uh well yeah the, the downside is that um you know it's my son's hulu account that he gets through college and so it's the you know it's the the lowest price one which means i have to you know watch the commercials which i'm not you know super psyched with that but beggars can't be choosers yeah all right well speaking of uh attention spans this episode i i thought really moved pretty quickly for me which is typically a good thing episode 19 of season (laughs) one there but for the grace of god written by david kemper who did the story teleplay by robert c cooper and this is his fourth sg1 episode Directed by David Warry Smith, who will end up directing 11 episodes of SG-1. He also directed five of Andromeda, aired February 20th, 1998. One of the first things that occurred to me, and I had it already in my notes by the time I listened to Fred's feedback, and he brings it up as well, two weeks in a row, we, we examine alternate versions of our core characters, which, and, and Fred kind of even addresses this in his feedback i think because it's the way i feel also it's i'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing i i guess i i'm feeling like it's more of a good than bad plot device yeah i thought in this case it was, it was really good um obviously if fred points out there are a number of similarities or parallels between last week's episode not the least of which was almost the exact same opening shot where i'm wondering wait is this Am, am I am I am I watching last week's episode? Yeah. I, I really, I literally had to like pause it to make sure that I was on the right episode because the place where they go to looked so much like the place where they went to last week as well. Right. I mean, darkened, abandoned, advanced control center of of some sort, and and of course, Teal immediately recognizes damage caused by gold weapons daniel and sam explore but the other thing we get some information that we've talked about during the course of the podcast is that the team has been together two years because daniel mentions that so you know that we had wondered about that right and and that's good to know because it gives us some context on how well they really have gotten to know each other even though a lot of it hasn't played out in the week-to-week episodes you know, I think we can certainly extrapolate that that they have become good friends, probably. And you know, whether they see each other outside of the Stargate Command, who knows? The other thing we've talked about is that 
and and again whether it's 1998 or just the way stargate likes to write its episodes but it's you know another singular linear storyline which is fine in a sense it's kind of refreshing to not have to keep track of all these different storylines particularly in our notes for the podcast not that it's that big a deal but but it is different most tv shows and also i i I like how they did that because i don't think we really need to see jack and and sam and teal trying to figure out what happened to daniel you know it's just it's, it's not relevant to you know just to stay focused on on daniel's experience i'm i'm really glad uh, they did that because we don't need to see the other side of the mirror, so to speak. Right. But, you know, and you mentioned the mirror. And, of course, the the big takeaway from this episode is that the multiverse theory is raised, explored, and confirmed. And when we get to the end of the episode, certainly one of the questions that faces Daniel is whether or not anybody is going to believe him when he tells his story. Because unlike in the other universe, and it's not, I guess, you know, we've talked a lot about this in a show like Dark, where we've got alternate timelines. I mean, it's not exactly an alternate timeline. I I guess it is. I mean, you know, we understand what the multiverse is. Right. and, And they do a pretty good job of explaining it really quickly in this show to where I was thinking like, well, that was perfect, and you did it in like thirty seconds. So, yeah, right. Well, and also, like, when we might ask ourselves, like, well, why do they, you know, trust seem to you know trust Daniel so implicitly after you know barely knowing him all? Just some crazy guy pops through the Stargate. But when you really think about, it, I mean, the Stargate teams, like all the crazy stuff they've seen, you know, a guy coming through the Stargate who says he's from a different dimension or different universe that's kind of be a little bit par for the course you know yeah sure now now granted he had the video he shot of the sg1 team that you know that that we know if you want to call that earth one and that that or or not earth one but universe one and (laughs) and the one where o'neill is a general and Hammond is a colonel, Universe 2. I mean, he's got that proof because, you know, they they don't look at it and say, oh, you you doctored that. I mean, how could he possibly? And and so they've got that proof there that he doesn't have when he gets back to Universe 1. And like you said, given everything they've seen and experienced, I don't think they're going to look at him like he's crazy, but... This is the multiverse theory. This is not like another planet. <laughs> We've known about other planets yeah. for yeah, thousands but, but of again, years. But once again, you, once you accept that there's a Stargate that can zip you from one end of the universe to the other in a matter of seconds, you know, multiverse is too hard to swallow on the heels of that. Well, that's, that's a good point. The one thing that it bothers me and it doesn't bother me, we learn that on universe two, which is under attack by the Gaul, 
we learn that the Earth evacuation involves the government leaders, the scientists, and the doctors, which are referred right. to as the Genesis travelers, which, uh, of course, we can, again, you know, make that leap that, all right, they're called the Genesis travelers because they're going to start again and, and start new. Yeah, but, let's see what they do the minute they got to lay some footers down for a house. Exactly. And, and, and again, <laughs> maybe they had that foresight, maybe not. You know, it, it is certainly human nature for the elite to take care of themselves and worry about everybody else later. So I, I doubt we're going to hear any more about that, but it did strike me a little bit. And, and then, of course, the ending leaves plenty of room for development. Is Daniel going to be able to convince them to go back? But to go back to what? Right. And, well, also, the... You know, remote was destroyed as well. Yeah, right. So the mirror is still there, but, you know, yeah. But he didn't have the remote when he went to the mirror to come. Right, when he went back. To come home. Right. So is that a plot hole or did he, once he activated it, it stayed active for however long? Who knows? But Who uh, knows? But but I think you've got a good point there. It's that even... If he should want to go back, there's there's nothing to go back to. Now, so. you know, at the beginning of the episode, they're exploring, you know, this, you know, whatever, this this abandoned control center, and Jackson and Carter find the lab in which uh, objects apparently have been brought back from other planets for study, which makes perfect sense. And, of course, this is, you know, for Daniel, it's like his wheelhouse, and, and he's like a kid in the candy store, literally, but... After Teal'c recognizes that symbol, which is the Jaffa way of saying, turn around and run for your life. The place is, you know, dangerous. Jack doesn't mess around. And we're back to the old Daniel Jackson. Right. In in a number of ways. Because when we first get there, uh, they ask Daniel if he recognizes the symbols and he doesn't. And then he says... This place is definitely alien. So the two things I used to say about Daniel a lot are that, A, he's not always super useful, and B, he has a penchant for stating the obvious. And he nailed both of them in, like, the first two minutes of the show. Yeah, and I love O'Neill's reaction. Daniel, I don't want to hear it. At first, it appears Daniel's going to do what I think a lot of people in his position would do. All right, grab a few artifacts, throw them in your backpack, and and get the hell out with the rest of the team. But no, he's got to pick up the control and push the button. The mirror activates, and and again, that's what sets the stage for this whole episode and transports him to the alternate universe that, uh, again... In the multiverse theory, it's like it's the same, but it's different. And, you know, there there, there are a lot of nice touches in, in this episode, not the least of which is Catherine Langford's comment to Jackson at the end there. Uh, I guess they're not engaged in your world. Uh, no, they're not. <laughs> nope. So is that dropping a little bit of foreshadowing for us in universe one? I guess. Yeah, maybe, but even, you know, they're engaged and, you know, he's going away to what could, you know, at that time, even he must realize could very well be his death. Right. Um, And they just hug. Right. 
Like yeah, really that that's it? Like yeah. well, what's he gonna do? Get at least a, a little get get, get kiss her All or right. something. Right. If you're gonna die, yeah, you know. Good point. Um, I'm not saying you should, you know, go have sex. I'm just saying, you know, maybe a kiss would be nice, if, you know, before you die. But yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, but but I I like how both sides handle this situation that that literally comes out of nowhere. Because on, on the one hand, Daniel finds himself as this stranger in a not so strange land, and they now have to deal with a stranger who knows a hell of a lot about what's going on here. Again, not the least of which is how Jack's son came to die. And while that doesn't set Jack off on some sort of a tangent, the way I thought it might, you know, he, he does call back to it as, you know, a reason to believe that, okay, maybe this stranger does know something and can be helpful and you know at the or maybe end, he just saw the original movie well right and at the end of the day though <laughs> it comes back to that question we raised a few minutes ago and fred brings up in his feedback are you going to sacrifice stargate command and how much of your world to help this guy save his okay maybe I mean, I mean, yeah, that that's the, yeah, you know, Fred raises that issue. That's, that's a great question. And, and uh, as I'm watching, I was wondering the same thing. I'm like, really? They're going to, they're going to scrap their plans for trying to, but when you think about it, their plan is really to get a couple scientists and politicians off the plant before it goes under. Right. And, yeah. and again, while the auto destruct destroys stargate command and we assume everybody in it i mean we see hammond get killed we assume yep. he's dead he that he looked pretty dead, he looked yeah. pretty dead sam is still in the control room i mean we don't know if anybody got through the gate um sam blew herself up dude. that's what i thought and whether anybody else Jack got, got definitely got popped right so Catherine got killed right like they all yeah they're all dead right. well plus in the, the whole place went up so like that takes care of teal and all his boys that were in there as well right but then it begs that question what's the deal here with this multiverse is it like charlie jade where there are three uh really is it like is it like dark where there are two and one of them is branched i mean we don't know it, would it be cheesy to try to explore this further and maybe find another level of the multiverse that does contain Stargate Command and all our familiar characters who are the same but you different? Know, I, I, I think it's something that they they leave that option open to them because if there is this multiverse, there, there you know certainly must be other ways of accessing it except you know besides just the the mirror there right well you would think um right but on the other hand they basically cut off any any you know reason they killed everyone on you know the alt universe or, or universe two or whatever you know they killed off the whole team they killed off teal the 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 building with the stargate goes up so there's you know th there's no option of going back to that world 
now because the you know the if not for nothing else no though of course we can imagine there's a stargate in antarctica there well well right but but, but the mirror is not where stargate command is so the mirror right that that should still be accessible right right but yeah exactly the mirror is but this they they can't ever get back to that earth or exactly yeah. well they, they could it's just that stargate command will be a pile of rubble well with the stargate though oh right right because the stargate will get blown up right yeah and uh, okay. so that's what i think they, that gotcha. they were able to kind of both explore this idea of multi-universes and and then also kind of close off the story at the end so there's really not you know uh, um any reason that they would use to go back there right exactly other than perhaps to verify daniel's account of what actually happened i guess the question would be can we go back to the planet where the mirror is and figure out is there some way to dial out with the mirror because you know the multiverse theory says there are an infinite number of parallel worlds and again like i said charlie j just acts like there's only three dark okay two. you said it twice i know that's oh, all i'm on. gonna allow man oh, come on. <laughs> i understand they do it to a large extent for budgetary purposes and because they've got a you know 42 minute episode and then maybe they've got 13 episodes in a season so uh, i i get why they do it that way but I, again i wonder and because again i don't remember and you know we're not going to go look that stuff up so but speaking of destroyed, the, the gold are wreaking havoc, and, and we learn that DC and Philly have been wiped out. And it was a pretty cool scene when Daniel goes and he sits down at the uh, keyboard, types in himself, and finds out, okay, last known location, Egypt, and goes to the map. Oh, crap, I'm dead. Nope. Oh, a big, <laughs> big red dot right in egypt if you look at the, the map there was zero red dots in north or south america i guess so uh, this must be they are you know moving from you know east to west in their attack or something because you know europe was and uh and africa and at least northern africa i think was uh you know lousy with those red dots but there weren't any in the west over in, in the americas yeah, and I guess Australia will be safe as well. But yeah, I, I did notice that because they did mention, I think, that they started in the in North America. And, and like you said, what about when O'Neill sends the nuke despite Daniel's protest? Yeah. Right. Well, this is like this is like the it's a wonderful life part of of the story, right? This is the the world where Daniel said no. Right. Yeah. And when we think of all the things, I mean, if we go back to the movie, how instrumental Daniel was to convince Jack to not, you know, destroy the world that, uh, you know, in, instead he sent it up to the uh, to Ra's ship, and how, how instrumental he was in getting Jack to, you know, kind of confront what happened to his son and things like that. So this is Jack O'Neill who who hasn't met. Daniel, and so he's basic. You know, I mean, this is as close to the, you know, Jack O'Neill we see in the beginning of the movie, right? That it, in, in the show, yeah. And and I mean, he wants to send it, and he does send it to the Jaffa home planet, and you know, Daniel's protests 
Notwithstanding, O'Neill points out, 1.3 billion have been killed so far by the gold. I'm not real sympathetic to the Jaffa cause at this point. So you understand both sides of the argument. Sure. And I'm glad I'm not the one making that decision. Um, right. And then the gold ship lands on Cheyenne Mountain, starts attacking. And, and of course, that's when they start evacuating personnel to the beta site. And again, will we see this beta site because it's just, you know, P3X27, whatever. I just made that up. Yeah. But I mean, did anyone get actually get through to the beta site? Right. Because we they said that, because, you know, they, right, they, they, they started to, to dial it up. But you know the gold had like some kind of, you know, I don't know, some kind of blocking thing that they couldn't use the Stargate, um, and then the second time they they dialed up so Daniel could go back. Does Teal'c deliberately hit Jackson in the arm as he's running through the Stargate, or did does he just have uh, stormtrooper aim? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, if, if he's, you know, I mean, this is Teal, so, you know, we have to, we have to assume that, that he's, he's going to hit the spot he's aiming for, but I mean, you know, you can't have him kill Daniel, you know, it provides a little bit of, a little bit of suspense, a little bit of action, uh, a little bit of danger as he's diving through it, but, uh. Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, yeah. one, one of the downsides of this episode and, and the fact that, all of the characters on universe two end up getting killed, or at least it, it certainly appears that way is that this Teal'c does seem to take in what he's being told. And, and while he's not going to jump immediately to sacrificing himself and his soldiers to help Daniel Jackson, save his world in another universe, you know, it, it does seem as if he hesitates and I wonder if it's that hesitation that maybe affects his aim. Does he do it deliberately? I mean, we'll never know for sure. Right. But, right. you know, again, it's one of those questions that I would have loved to have answered. But on the other hand, it's you know, it's fine that we're sitting here talking yeah. about it. We can, You're right. We do see Jack kind of getting to Teal. He, he is. It does seem like he's considering Jack's words. But then, you know, Jack makes the... Uh, tremendous blunder of mentioning Teal'c's family, whom uh, Jack had, you know, just killed very recently when he sent the bomb through. So right, um, right. now we know, don't tough, know. Tough we, to convince the guy to help you out there in, in that case. Well, yeah, and we don't really know what Jack knows about the Jaffa because that's one of the things that we see you know, in, in the interaction with Daniel is that Daniel knows far more about the Gaold and the Jaffa than Stargate command on universe two. So has O'Neill ever seen a Jaffa? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm getting at? It's, it, it's, I mean, he, well, he, he must, I mean, he, you know, he sees Teal'c in the video, but yeah, but, but, but again, this is Jack who in the movie set off the nuclear bomb because he didn't have Daniel there to stop him. They didn't get to know the, the people of Abydos. Daniel didn't stay there and spend a year with them and learn about the, 
the people and the culture and where you've also learned a lot more about the Jaffa. So, you know, again, it's, it's a wonderful life here with, with it's, it's a wonderful life. Daniel Jackson, you know, what, what if you never existed? Like here's, here's what, what happens. Yeah. Now I don't know if I'm misremembering or not, but when Teal comes through that blown hole in the wall and, and we see him emerge at first, that's kind of a callback to his meeting in the other timeline, right? Doesn't he come through a hole in the wall, you know, that, that a, was blown or am I just misremembering? That's, I, I have no idea. Okay. It's, it's like, but I, no, I, but I agree with you that that whole scene was definitely, I mean, the minute a, a big guy walks through with the big Cobra head on, we're like, ah, oh, man, that's, that's Teal, bro. That's, that's totally Earth 2 Teal, you know? So I think it is absolutely supposed to be reflective of that the first time we saw him back in episode one. I think this teal needs to rock the ponytail, though. You know, our, yeah, our that's teal. pretty badass, right? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, something out of like Vikings or uh, uh, what's the other show that you turned me on to? Last Kingdom. Last Kingdom. Um, yeah. Had, had yeah, kind of a had Viking feel to it. And then that last scene when when Daniel gets home and he's shaken and, and the only words he can say is they're coming. And of course, I assume we'll see next episode him try to explain what he means as they debrief him. I assume we'll be in the debriefing room, which, well, which is, I think we're going to we're looking at a, a two episode story arc of the gold uh, coming to attack earth would, would be my prediction there. right and he does have the address written on paper that that he brought from the other world so uh so there is that but uh anything else you want to bring up that we haven't talked about yet oh just the the one part where i mean just like to, to show this like all hands on deck like desperate struggle for survival um even the computer guy at uh at Cheyenne Mountain is picking up a gun to fight the uh the Jaffa. Yeah, even though he's wearing civilian clothes. Right, right. So and it was a little disconcerting to see General Hammond in fatigues. I was trying to remember if we've ever seen him in fatigues before. Seems like we must so. have, but I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. But yeah. maybe. Yeah. It's been but, a lot of episodes. So all right. Well why don't we check in with Fred this week and we'll be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Stargate SG-1 Season 1 Episode 19. First off, coming back to last week's podcast, you asked me whether in the previous episode it was a case of cloning. And of course you are actually right, Dave. It was not cloning. It was more copying than cloning. And then, of course, copying from a biological organism to an artificial reminded me, by the way, very much of what happened in the fourth season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., of which you, Dave, did a podcast together with Michael. The very nice and enjoyable podcast called The Sandbox. Okay, in the category what I'm watching, I'm watching Sanctuary. This series you will not do a podcast about in the near future, obviously. 
I first watched the pilot, or actually the two-episode pilot, and then waited a while because I thought you possibly would do a podcast about it. But then I couldn't wait and watched on, and I'm now at episode six, and I quite like it. A little bit cheesy, but okay. So, partly I'm disappointed that you won't do Sanctuary. On the other hand, I'm happy because I'm not so good as you are in playing the poker face uh, or poker voice card. So, when I already watched an episode, I find it very difficult not to give spoilers away. And I'm always quite reluctant in my feedback then. So, in that case, it's good you don't do Sanctuary as a next series. Last podcast, you kept up the suspense on what you are going to do. In the meanwhile, I know. So I don't know if you were going to tell it in this podcast. I don't know what I have to think about this mini-series that you are going to do. Um, very curious, but also a little doubtful. I already watched a little bit of it and I already had some nitpicks. So we will see. Okay, about episode 19. The first minute I thought I landed up in last week's episode. Them arriving underground in a kind of laboratory, industrial complex, something like that. And I thought, what? Two episodes in a row with the same setup? Okay, eventually it proved to be a little different, but the start was more or less the same. And what was also the same, but then different... And not cloning, but still cloning, is this alternative timeline. So that we do see two copies of Sam and two copies of Jack, etc. But now not from biological to machine, but in different timelines. Another similarity was the topic you talked about last week, about this Harlan, that he made, well, machine copy of the SG-1 team, but they had all their memories, etc., etc. And the strange thing was that they, the machine types, sacrificed themselves in being isolated together with this Harlan in this underground compound and let the originals go back to their world, whereas they had the same memories, the same feelings. So they more or less sacrificed themselves to this confinement there in this facility. And you also talked about that it was, well, actually quite a bad thing uh, of this Harlan to copy these people. Well, in this episode, we had more or less the same. Very strange that the people of this world sacrificed themselves just on Daniel's story that there would be an alternative world and that they could save the other world. So again, this this second SG-1 team, and now not as a copy, a machine copy, but now as a time copy, they sacrificed themselves in the belief that what Daniel told is true, but still sacrificing their own world, their own lives. So in that sense, I found this episode actually quite similar to last week's. So quite an okay episode after all, especially if you don't compare it to last week, because then it's a, a bit a copy clone, but in a different way. I would give it a B, perhaps a B plus, and I provided you some extra data about grading again, and possibly let you understand why I'm such a harsh grader. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. All right, now Fred, 
it sounds like you're binging Sanctuary, and, and if I recall yeah, correctly, that's... Fred, you say you're not a binger, so okay, might have to look at that I might, definition. I, I might have had a bad uh, influence on, on Fred. Yeah, and, and I understand Fred's somewhat disappointed that we're not going to do Sanctuary next. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about what it is we are going to do uh, at the end of the podcast. And as we said at the beginning, Fred points out the similarities between the two episodes. But he also brings up from from last week's episode about Harlan's copies. He he mentions the, the the fact that the copies aren't really given a choice of whether to stay or whether to go. And, and I and I guess I'm looking at it; they don't really have a choice at all because of the power issue, right? They can't. Right. go back to earth unless they right. devise some power system and and of course they're not going to go back to earth i mean you can't have two of daniel jackson and carter and o'neill right well you you they probably like again i i would i would definitely predict that uh in a future season that they definitely go back there or those versions come to earth or somehow that they interact again yeah now we've talked at length about the sacrifices made by stargate command two, maybe taking them a bit too easily but i guess what what does come to mind they know they're likely not going to get out of here alive that they understand the firepower that the enemy has and that that they're really they're, there's nothing they can do other than sit back and wait to get destroyed. So, if we can help this guy save his universe, then why the hell not? Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's really the, the only. I mean, if there was even a, a, a slim chance in hell that they could actually save a significant level their world, rather than just a few individuals, uh, you know, you, you'd have to think Jack would go for that, right? But realizing that it's pretty much all hope is lost. Then Daniel's argument becomes that much better of, you know, at least let me save my, this world is AFU. Right. Send me back to mine so I can prevent this from happening on my world. Now it it does beg the question though, about why the Gaold is destroying the earth since the earth basically supplies them with slaves to be taken around the universe unless we just figure it's gotten to the point where a we have enough slaves on all the planets around the universe and b earth has become too big of a threat so we need to just take them out now right well it, you know with jack throwing nuclear bombs all through the stargate you know i mean that probably played a significant part yeah, but- in their decision as well Right, but as you mentioned earlier, there is the one in Antarctica. They might not know about it yet in this universe, right. too, but we know it's there. Yep. Or is it? True. So it might not be, but we assume it is. I mean, everything else is pretty similar in this world. The minor minor details here and there, but okay. Um, you want to talk grades now? Sure. Okay. What do you got? I'm I'm ready to give this one an A. Honestly, I really like this episode. Okay, I mean, I was going A minus, but the more I think about it, you might have me. But but certainly a minimum A minus, and and I think Fred went B plus A minus as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I thought this was a really good one, and 
you know, on the one hand, I love the fact that they are 42 minute episodes. You know, I know the trend nowadays is to have these 55, 60 minute episodes. And, you know, I, I, I'm probably in the minority <laughs> in preferring the shorter chunks of show, but, you know, still. Uh, you know, it depends. Like, Game of Thrones could never do a 40, like, you just, there's too much there that, to, to be able to get the story in, in, in a 42 minute episode. But, uh, I think it works great for for Stargate. All right, but you even think about those early uh, like Star Trek and everything. You want to go back to the original Star Trek? I mean, they, those were longer episodes. Well, right? yeah, because they had fewer commercials back then. Yeah, yeah, they were like fifty minutes. So. Yeah. Hey, you know what show I just tried to uh, check out again? And, and back when it was on, uh, I saw episodes here and there and, and liked it. And that's Quantum Leap. Oh, and I I sat down with the pilot uh, day before yesterday and uh, I had to stop. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Just the production values. I'm going to give it another shot again because I like Scott Bakula for 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 one thing, but I'll just have to give it another shot. Um, Yeah, that was, you know, again, in in the the, about the same time that was into, uh, you know, Next generation Star Trek, uh, Quantum Leap was was right up there as well. That was that that was that that, that was a show I'd, I'd make sure I was in front of the the television every week to watch that one. Yep. So, really like Quantum Leap. So, all right, well, Fred, thank you for your feedback, and I guess now we'll go ahead and, and divulge the, the big fact reveal. That, yeah, that we are going to cover the HBO show Be Foreigners. Well, HBO Europe. Is that what it is? HBO Europe? I don't know. It's HBO yeah. Max here. Um, right. And it is six episodes. And the premise, when you say it out loud, it seems kind of sketchy. It sounds mental. But we've both seen the first episode, really liked it. The possibilities, I think, are endless. The characters are good. The acting is good. And I think there's a lot there that... I feel pretty confident that they're going to develop it in a way that that is going to be pretty satisfying. So we'll be doing Be Foreigners when we conclude our run with season one of Stargate SG-1. But unless you got anything else, that'll wrap this one up. Yeah, no, I I know, like, I know Fred's disappointed that we're not doing... Sanctuary. Sanctuary. (laughs) But, uh... But yeah, I, I just got a really good vibe from from that first episode of the Foreigners, and um, I love the concept, and and it's just goofy enough that it just might work. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we'll leave it there. That will do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Stargate SG One. The fact that we're going to delay yet again covering Sanctuary. Uh, maybe you know a little bit about Be Foreigner. Join the Facebook group if you haven't already. Emails go to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. We'll be back next time to discuss episode 20 of Stargate SG-1 titled Politics. But until then... You know, Dave, we are coming up on our 400th episode. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, we know each other very well. You know what I know. <laughs>